Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, hello, everyone. It is Wednesday, April 6th, and welcome to our construction zone. Yeah. <laughs> we got saws and sledgehammers and everything going on in the background. Hopefully it's not too distracting. But I am here again with Tom Onk. And Tom, on Wednesdays, we like to find out how people got connected to Victory Point in the first place. So can you tell us that story? Sure. Um, just prior to COVID, I guess, um, uh, we I worked with Tom Doolittle, who was a member of Victory Point with his wife, Stacy, mm-hmm. for a, quite a while, I guess. And uh, Deb and I were kind of looking around for a different place. We had sort of settled on a church, but Tom invited us to Victory Point. Um, said they had just hired this new um, worship leader. And, oh, and I think, that? I think his name was Dwight. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure. But that Dwight was trying to find musicians and whatever, and I play bass, as Dwight said the other day. And mm-hmm. so we came to Victory Point and enjoyed our time there and met Dwight after the service. And so we talked, and, you know, I started playing bass once in a while at Victory Point. So, yeah, that's kind of how we, we were introduced there. Um, Don't you know the Brett Schneiders as well? Yeah, the Brett, we, we yeah. Um, Doug and I used to do youth ministry, like, Hundred thousand years ago, um, at what together church was that? At first Reformed in Zealand. Okay, this was before kids, you know, slept sleeping on cement floors and things. You know, when we could still do that. Right. Um, so yeah, we knew the Brechtsnyders for a long time, and um, after you know when they were looking for a church, we kind of said, "Well, why don't you try out Victory Point?" So you recruited and them. I recruited <laughs> them. So you know, Tom and Stacy recruited us, and we recruited the Brechtsnyders, and I think they've recruited some others and. And on it goes. And on it goes, and that's all it takes. Just invite people. Yeah. But um, So that's, yeah, kind of how we, we got touched. There's another story with that is, you know, Matt uh, also was very influential in my uncle's life. Uh, my uncle lived at uh, Rest, uh, no, downtown. What's the name of that? Warm Friend. Warm Friend. Uh, my Uncle Barry had lived in Florida, had a stroke, and then moved home, and my mom became his caretaker, and Barry moved into Warm Friend, and Matt spent some time there with the residents, and mm-hmm. they became friends, and Matt kind of led Barry back to Christ. Um, wow. So I think we'll see Barry in, in heaven someday, mm-hmm. and I think Matt is responsible for that. So there's also that connection God. To, to Victory Point. Way to so, go, Matt. Yeah, way to go. That's awesome. Well, you have some familiarity with this Bible passage yeah. that we're about to read, too. Yep, um, I do. So you, you want me to read it first or give my familiarity first? Um, yeah, give us the context of... I, I, yeah. I told Dwight that this is the worming chapter. Um, and I said, the what? The what? And it goes back to one of the first Promise Keepers events. I think it was in Indianapolis. I can't remember the speaker's name, but they talked about worming. See you at the bottom. Um, always make yourself mm. lower than the, the mm-hmm. lower than others. And um, so that's kind of the, the context of this 
this cha- this uh, chapter or these verses, and I've got lots of notes in my Bible about that. So. Okay. If we could start at verse 3. Verse 3. Yep. So if you could take 3 through 11. Okay. Uh, it helps give us a little more context. I will do that. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only on your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. I love this passage. Yeah. You got a bunch of stuff written in your Bible. Are, yeah. they, are these like comments from the from the Promise Keepers? I, it is, and I think there were some other sermons given on this where okay. we wrote some things down. But you know, essentially, the first verses uh, say, you know, treat everyone as if they were a VIP. Mm. Um, doesn't matter who they are, but treat them that way, mm-hmm. and consider yourself lesser than them. Another note I had in here was tune your life to God and not to those around you. So you're you're not trying to impress others, but but you know what would God have you do? Yeah, uh, that's kind of hard to do sometimes. It is, but how <laughs> freeing yeah, that is! It is if you don't have to make other people like you, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's really that's hard. hard work. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I wrote in here is if Jesus was willing to give up His privilege for me, why do I find it so hard to give up my privilege for Him? Hmm. You know, and I read those, and you, know, you kind of are convicted mm-hmm. every time. That's really hard. Um, and Christ can't increase in my life unless I let go of something and decrease first is another thing. So I guess you ask yourself, what do you have to let go of um, in order to have Christ become more of a influence in your life? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Bible verses, and it's kind of one of my life verses, is John 3.30. It's where John the Baptist has been preaching and teaching and drawing huge crowds, Mm -hmm. but then Jesus shows up. So then most of John's crowds start leaving him, Yep. and they start going over to Jesus, right? And some of John's disciples come to him, and they say, hey, are you cool with this? Like, all your disciples, they're going over to the other guy. Yeah. And he says... I am cool with this. He must increase and I must must decrease. decrease. Right? Mm -hmm. And I love that verse because anybody who's a a Christ follower, right? You don't want people to follow you, ultimately. You want them to follow Jesus. And and as one who's a leader, who's somebody up on a stage, I'm constantly having to remind myself, decrease. Mm -hmm. I must decrease so that Christ must increase, you know? Uh, so I, I wrote in my margins, if you want to go up, you got to go down. Mm-hmm. If you want to be great, Jesus says you got to become what? 
a lesser. Yeah, yeah you got to become a servant of mm-hmm. all. Yep. Yeah, that's and one, of the, one of the other comments was this: this is not normal behavior. You have to develop this behavior to give up because everybody wants to be, you know, liked or good or mm-hmm. you know the best. But that's that's not you know it's not normal to to want to be humble or be a servant. And if someone who is in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. It, and then the next verse, he made himself nothing, mm-hmm. taking the very nature of a servant. I feel like this rubs against the grain of sort of pop culture mm-hmm. these days of, you can be anything you want to be, and exactly. you're great, yep. and you're, you be you, and you be exactly who you are because yep. you're awesome. Um, how does that square with making yourself nothing it's kind of the opposite it's hard work is what it is <laughs> you know to just i think you have to keep your like we said you have to keep your eyes on jesus mm. um and off yourself yeah i think that the life of following christ i mean we are all made uniquely right yep we're, we're all fearfully and wonderfully made no person is exactly like any other person. We're all unique and uniquely loved and uniquely made. And we're all made in his image, so there's dignity there. Mm-hmm. But to follow Jesus, we're to consider others better than ourselves. Can you think of a time in your life where you tried to do that and it worked? Maybe in family situations. Mm. Um, just... You know, treating maybe treating your wife mm. special, mm-hmm. lifting her up, um, mm-hmm. even maybe when you didn't want to, um, or didn't feel like didn't it. Didn't yeah. feel like it. It was the right thing to do. Um, yeah, I don't have a specific thing, but well, I think that's. I mean, I'm going to be married in twenty days. Wait. Less. Ah, 18. Don't, don't get this wrong, Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> See, Saturday was 21 days. So today's Tuesday. So it's 18 days. Yeah. And I'm just thinking more and more about what it's going to mean to serve another person mm-hmm. and to, verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but consider others better than yourselves don't look to your own interests but also to the interests of others mm. where, where better to live that out yeah. than in your own home with your own spouse yeah, yeah you're not going to always get to do what you want but that's okay and have you found in 40 how many years of marriage 44 in 44 years of marriage have you found that in the times where you make a conscious choice you know what I'm going to put her interests first mm-hmm do you find that not that we that we give in order to get but do you find that when you do that the blessing comes back around to you mm-hmm. yeah you know the phrase happy wife happy life is <laughs> yes, is a I good one this. it's a good one <laughs> yeah no and you say that in jest but um it is true when you you know you you work you don't always get your way you work together and you mm-hmm. you you uh serve their interests or um, make them feel 
important. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It it is creates for a better, just a better, uh, better relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Is there an equivalent to uh, for the husband like better wife, better life? Yeah. Is there a flip side to that? I I've not heard it. <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it kind of comes back to this 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 whole chapter of just putting others ahead of you. That's right. You know, see you at the bottom. You know, you see be you the at wor- the bottom. You be the worm. You know, worming is what what this person at Promise Paper called it. You know, just get on your belly and, yeah. and you know try to get lower than the other person. Yes, I, I've heard it said: try to outserve the other person. Mm-hmm. If our goal is to serve one another and submit to one another, then God meets our needs instead of us looking out for ourselves first. Yep. Right? It seems that way. Yeah. And then at the end of this passage, you know, after Jesus humbled himself even to death on a cross, the very next verse says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. In the Gospels, Jesus says, if you humble yourself, God will lift you up. Mm-hmm. But if you exalt yourself, God will humble you. Mm, yeah. So I would, I would rather be lifted up. I would too. I wrote in my notes here, Tom, there's a relationship between humility and obedience that Jesus, it says that he humbled himself as a servant and became obedient unto death, right? Yeah. I'm not sure obedience to God is possible without humility. I think I agree with you. Yes? hmm Because sometimes God asks us to do things that we don't necessarily want to do mm-hmm. or we don't understand. Right, or we don't feel qualified to do. Right. So in order to say yes to God, in order to be obedient to God, we, we really have to kind of swallow our pride and say, mm-hmm. okay, God, I'm going to do this your way. Mm-hmm. It's not the way I would have done it. Right. <laughs> if I screw up, I screw up. But yeah. But then that gives God a chance to, to come through Yep. And, and show his faithfulness to us. So yeah, I was just really struck with the relationship between humility and obedience. Uh, we have to humble ourselves to, obe- to be obedient. Um. And also that there's usually a cost to obedience. I mean, it costs Jesus's life. Can you think of other costs? Uh, it could cost you friends. Um, it could cost you, yeah, your job. Uh, it could cost, yeah, lots of things. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, in this life, I guess, if you will. Right. Um, you know, ho- hopefully it wouldn't cost you your life, but it might. Yeah. Um, that's pretty tough. Yeah. Well, 10 out of the 12 disciples, that was the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, their obedience cost them their earthly lives. Um, well, friends, as we reflect on the life of Jesus, uh, it says our attitude should be just like his. Uh, that's a tall order, uh, but he's our, he's our model. Mm-hmm. He's our benchmark. 
And I'm convinced over the years that when I just try to be humble, it doesn't work. Nope. But when I, like you were saying earlier, Tom, when I look at Jesus and, and meditate on the person of Jesus, then he imparts a humility to me that really isn't my own. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a supernatural thing. Mm-hmm. So let's keep our eyes fixed on Christ today and, uh, and ask him to give us an attitude that is, that is just like his. So God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.